In this episode of the Church Security Roll Call, we're going to be talking about tornado safety. Stay tuned. Hi, this is Chris with Sheepdog Church Security, and this is your Church Security Roll Call. Today we're going to be reading the article, Weathering the Whirlwind. If you'd like to read that article, go to our website, sheepdogchurchsecurity.net and look under the news tab. So let's begin in the Bible as we always do. This verse is Job 1 verse 19 and it reads like this. And behold there came a great wind from the wilderness and smote the four corners of the house and it fell upon the young men and they are dead. I only am escaped alone to tell thee. So obviously this is the story of Job who definitely had a bad day. Um, but it does, you know, I mean it, it captures what I'm trying to capture here is that tornadoes happen. And it happens at times when church or people are at the church. So we have to be prepared to respond to those kind of situations. So I have some news stories for you. They're all a little bit longer than normal, but these are churches that were struck by tornadoes. So the first one is Piedmont, Alabama, March 27, 1994. The Goshen United Methodist Church, just outside of Piedmont, had 140 people in attendance on Palm Sunday, 1994, for our Sunday School Children's Program. Just before 11 o'clock, unknown to those in the church, a tornado formed to the southwest and began moving northeast, gathering strength. By the time it reached Goshen, it was an F4 tornado. Uh, no one in the church received a warning. The first indication was when they heard hail hitting the roof. Uh, this soon was followed by a roar and debris hitting the walls. An elderly woman yelled, this is a tornado, and people ran for cover, many under pews. Uh, this was too late for most. The twister hit the church, ripping off the roof and then dropping it on those in the sanctuary. 20 persons died and 90 were injured. Okay, the next one is Xenia, uh, Ohio, September 20th, 2000, year 2000. Two tornadoes went through Xenia uh, while many churches were holding Wednesday evening services, Bible studies, and prayer meetings. The first one um, at 7.30 was hit, hit two Baptist churches. That's kind of a weird sentence there. Okay, at 7.30, the first tornado hit two Baptist churches, demolishing their sanctuaries. In one, the power went out and they heard the sound of a freight train, which is commonly reported. The people started for the basement. They got as far as the hallway and bunched up on the floor against the walls. Two were injured by glass shards. In the other church, the congregation hid under the pews. One person was injured seriously. The two tornadoes killed one person in the community and injured 145. All right, the next one, Mayfield, Kentucky, December 11, 2021. So this is like what? Less than six months ago? Uh, several severe tornadoes hit three states along the Mississippi River, some of them deadly. Hardest hit was the city of May, uh, Mayville, um, Kentucky. 
The F4 tornado, which went through the center of town traveling over 165 miles and killed 56 people. At least three churches in the downtown Mayfield area were destroyed and a fourth was heavily damaged by a whirlwind, um, which, was, which also tore up the courthouse, sheriff's office, and other public buildings, as well as a large factory at the edge of town. Uh, this was Friday evening, so there, were, um, so there were people in only two of the four churches. The pastor, youth pastor and their wives and family were in the First Baptist Church when the tornado siren sounded. They went down to the basement into a tunnel under the street between the two church buildings. The men put their families against the wall um, and stood against them. Ceiling tiles shook and dirt fell when the tornado hit. Um, but they were unhurt. Both uh, church buildings were heavily damaged, but still standing, um, while many other nearby buildings were totaled. One block south at the Mayfield First United Methodist Church, the pastor and his wife hid in a closet. The tornado took off the roof and tore down all the outside walls, except for the front facade um, with the pillars, and the couple was unhurt. The pastor reported being able to look up and see the sky from the closet they were hiding in. Uh, and no people in the first Christian church, there were no people in the first Christian church and the first Presbyterian church when they were demolished. <clears throat> Sounds like, thank God, nobody was in there. They were completely demolished. Further north of town, two um, churches of Christ were untouched. One served as a shelter for members and neighbors. All of the churches had member, members whose homes, businesses, and other workplaces were damaged or destroyed. Churches in Mayfield uh, helped people during the recovery of the tornado, which really says something about them, doesn't it? It's like despite the fact that their building is destroyed or damaged, their homes, their businesses, and stuff like that, churches were still able to serve the community. So before we continue on with this, talking about tornadoes, I just want to draw your attention to the show notes below. There's a link. You click that. It takes you to another page. You put in your email address, and you get the show notes for this program. Nice little cheat sheet, especially if this is an important topic to you, and it really should be for everybody. This might be a way that you can print, it, print off the show notes and be able to talk to your friends and family and other people at your church and part of the team. It's just meant to give you an aid because you're probably not going to get everybody to listen to the podcast or watch the show. Anyway, so let's get into the meat of this. So pre preparation. Preparation for a tornado is essentially going to be looking for shelter areas within your building. Now, if your church has a tornado shelter, awesome. You don't even have to think about this for the most part, right? I guess it depends on how big that tornado shelter is. But anyway, you want to look at your building and try to decide where's going to be the best place to shelter people. Now, typically, the gold standard, of course, is a basement getting underground. And you want to... and and that's where you're going to have the greatest success. So even if that tornado comes through and wipes your church off its foundations, you're still safely in a basement. The only time you would want to, well, let me say a couple things about that shelter. <coughs> the first thing is this. A good tornado shelter is going to have some supplies in it, at minimum, water, 
first aid, and then our and then a, a weather radio, which we're going to talk about more um, later. But anyway, you want those basic things. Sometimes you might even consider games and food to some extent, just in case you're stuck in that shelter for longer than you intend. The other thing is, is you want the door that goes into the shelter to open inward. And the idea behind that is this, is if there's a bunch of debris just outside that door and the door opens outward, it's going to, the, the debris is going to hold that door shut. So you want to make sure that door opens inward. And then worst case scenario, you open that door, if there's debris in front of it, you know, maybe you can move it out of the way and get out yourself. Or if nothing else, you can open up that door if the whole roof is on top of the building, then at least rescuers are going to be able, you're going to be able to shout, yell, get people's attention. Rescuers will know you're down there and that kind of deal. That's where communication comes into handy too. If you have landline phone, now just depending on how your the infrastructure set up, maybe even a landline won't work if all the wires were pulled out and all that good stuff. But um, definitely towers for cell phones, um, they're probably the least reliable. That's some, you know, you know, sometimes, you know, I, I talk to younger people and everyone's really on a cell phone these days. But one of the things that we kind of miss is the stability of a landline. But anyway, going on from that. So the basement's your best choice. The next thing is getting as low as possible. So that's now your first floor, your ground level. Now, as a general rule, what you want to do is you want to get people towards the center of the church. And because we're getting away from windows, we're getting, we're, we're getting away from the walls that are most likely to be ripped away from the building. The other thing is, is we're looking for smaller rooms. So when we think about gymnasiums and sanctuaries and stuff like that, those rooms are absolutely horrible for tornado shelters because that long roof span, that ceiling span, is not is is likely to collapse just like in that one story. It kind of lifted it up and then threw it down on them. And so those large rooms are not good. We want to get into like narrow hallways. We want to get into smaller rooms and 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 stay as far away from windows in that exterior wall as we can. Now you have to look at your church, you know, so some of you are like, we go to a small church, you know, we just don't, you know, we're just in deep trouble <laughs> because it's mostly, you know, like I used to go to a church where it was like 70% of it was the sanctuary. It was all on the ground floor, you know, it was just on the ground floor. 70% was the sanctuary. And then you had a couple offices, bathrooms and a little kitchen area. So it was really super small. There really was no place for a tornado shelter, and I'm going to cover that in a minute here. But going back to that lowest floor on the inside, the best you can. Now, when you're looking for these storage um, for these shelter areas for tornadoes, one of the things that you might need to consider, depending on the structure, is you come up, you get a floor plan, and you come up with red, green, and yellow areas. And what it basically saying is. The red areas are places where you definitely don't want anyone to be. So I think about my past church. The lobby 
was opened up into a second story, you know, so it's an open design, if you will. Um, so you could see the roof and you could see, um, and then of course along one wall was nothing but glass doors and lots of glass. And so basically that was the worst, that's a red room by, by all accounts, that nobody should be in that room if a tornado hits. And then, so that's a red area. The green area is that ideal ground floor or basement area that's centered, you know, in the center of the building, protected, all that kind of stuff. And then you might have some yellow areas where it's like, um, kind of like your emergency overflow, right? So it's like, hey, we can't, we got too many people here. So we've already filled up the green area. What are we gonna do with these additional people? And that's where you have those yellow areas. So you just have to look at your building, figure out the best part, make some maps up, put them around the, the church so people can see. Maybe you can get a sign. If you have a tornado shelter, get some of those signs that say tornado shelter and shows a little tornado next to it. And you put those up on different or near different doors, different rooms, so people know that that's the place that they're supposed to go. And some people will notice that as they're walking around the building. Um, so that's that. Um, center room, good marking, good planning, all that kind of stuff. You know, all that stuff put into place. Having those supplies in there. I want to talk a little bit about the importance of warnings. Now, depending on where you are in the country or where you, know, where you are in relation to a city or rural area or maybe you live out in the middle of the country, but um, we need to have good warning systems. Now, if you live like where I, in kind of the neighborhood I do, we have tornado sirens and they test them every Wednesday or the first Wednesday of the month to make sure that they're working. And and if there's a tornado, that siren goes off. They're designed to warn people that are outside to get inside in the shelter. Now, depending on how close you are, you're definitely gonna hear it in the house too. Uh, for us, there's actually one house to our, what would that be, to our south, and then that's where the tornado siren is. So we don't sleep through any tornadoes. But other than that, you wanna look at maybe um, your cell phone. Uh, Lost cell phones have alerts that you can set up, weather alerts that you can set up to let you know what's going on. The app that I use actually has the weather radar on it. I like that because a lot of times when you get that warning, that tornado warning that something's about to occur, or there's a tornado spotted on radar or in person, you wanna know where it is in relation to where you are. Because here, um, you know, if Scott County, the county I live in, is kind of odd shaped, but it's pretty big too. And so a tornado bearing down on city, you know, towns to the north of us, we might even, I mean, it's funny, and we're, we're almost like we're in a different weather pattern down here. And so if the, the tornado sirens go off, I want to be able to look at my phone, look at that radar and see if we're in the track of it or not. Um, but anyway, you can have those warnings set up on your cell phone. But also keep in mind this, cell phone towers can be torn down. So the next best thing is just like landlines, if you will, a lesser technology is superior to the newer technology. The same thing happens with severe all hazard radios. These are your NOAA uh, weather radios. They're absolutely good because FM signal 
is still more reliable than internet and Wi-Fi and all that kind of stuff. So getting a good weather radio is extremely important. One of the things that they offer now is they call it SAME technology and that's an acronym. And let me get it the acronym correct. It's specific area message encoding. And basically what one of the things NOAA has figured out is if you get a lot of false alarms, you get a lot of false warnings, what happens is you start to tone them out. You don't even listen to them anymore. And that's really bad, right? Because the one you need to pay attention to might be one that you ignored because there was 30 others you you know that didn't matter. And so with this technology, what it does is it starts to narrow down the area. So instead of, like I said here, the tornado sirens go off based on the county. And so that's a big area. And so it might not apply to us. So I have to look at the weather radar to know if it matters. With same technology, I think Scott County has something like 12 different zones. And so what you can do is you can go to that weather radio with same technology and you put in a unique code um, for the area that you wanna be alerted for. Now, some of them allow you to add like 100 codes. I think that's really dumb because you're almost doing exactly, you're setting yourself up for the thing I was warning you about and that's all the false alarms. I would get it down just to the code for the church. Just And now if you're really close to a border, if you will, then maybe considering in, you know, putting in the next border. But once again, if it's affecting your area, it's going to alert. And so I would just kind of put that one code in there, maybe two, nothing more. And then take that thing and if you have a sound booth or a security room where you have cameras and maybe you have someone monitoring the cameras, just put that radio in there and and have somebody monitoring it along with the cameras or like I said if you got a sound booth where they can make noise and it doesn't bleed out into the sanctuary stick it in there so that way if it goes off people it's right there you can't ignore it they get on the radio let you know that you have something to do so warnings are extremely important so the two things we talked about is having some sort of warning system Two, and then two, setting up or designating or finding those areas in your church that are safe. There is one note I almost forgot I wanted to bring up is this. So one of the churches I used to go to, the one I was talking about with the lobby and the big glass windows, there was too many people in that building on Sunday, um, which is a good problem to have on a normal Sunday. But if there's a tornado coming at us, then we have a problem because there was no way in the world we were going to be able to get all those people into those green and yellow areas. It was just too many. So one of the policies, one of the procedures we had to put into place was this, is if there was a tornado warning and we determined that it was coming at us or it was going to be very close to us, what we would have to do is we would have to interrupt the service, hand the pastor basically a little card, and let them know, hey, there's a tornado warning, we're going to have to evacuate. And there was a little script for them, and they would know, we'd hand them that card. You know, you could even go into color coding, but you know, hand that pastor that card, let them know, hey, we have to, we have to take action because this thing's gonna be close, if not hitting us head on. And then what we had to do 
is we would put the weather radar on the screen. So it was a larger church, so we had two screens that they would put, you know, sermon notes and all that good stuff on. And we would have to show them the radar and say, hey, here's here's the weather coming in, and this is how, how it looks, and this is how fast it's moving. <clears throat> and then we'd say, it's up to you, but we believe there may be time for some of you to evacuate. And as long as you're not driving towards the storm, you're driving away from the storm, maybe you can get home and get into your own basement and get out of here. And then we would end church and we would have to rapidly close things down, rapidly get and then take everybody else and get them into those shelter areas. And that's what some of us are going to have to do. I think about the church I went to in Alabama, Madison, Alabama. Um, that's that church I was talking about. It was actually just a metal building, you know, like you'd almost like a warehouse type thing. And so, and there's no basement, it's just ground floor, and then it's metal, framing, sheetrock, carpet, that's it. And that's an example of if a tornado's coming for us, we have to leave that building. That building would not hold up against a tornado. Now, the, maybe the best thing you could have done in that church is gone into the two bathrooms, but the male and female bathrooms were not, like, big. So, I mean, maybe, I suppose if you're proper, properly motivated, you might have been able to get 10 into each bathroom stacked in there like cordwood. Um, but that's still, that's still left. We had an average attendance of, like, 50 people. That still left 30 people <laughs> out in the open. So anyway, you have to look at your building, make that plan. So communication, medical supplies, water, maybe food, maybe games, um, proper signage, uh, a good alert system, the way where you can track storms and make sure you're giving good, some good policies and procedures. And then really too, practicing a fire drill, uh, fire drill, uh, practicing a tornado drill depending on where you are, at least once a year. If you're someplace where tornadoes almost never happen, then maybe you don't have to do it once a year. But at least do it occasionally so your team is up to snuff. They got a good feel for how it works. The staff knows what to do. High capacity volunteers know what to do. If your church doesn't have a huge turnover and the majority of the people understand what to do in case of tor tornado, Newcomers, guests, and stuff like that, they see everybody moving towards a certain room, they're going to follow along, especially if they're getting instructions by the pastors to follow along and, and ushers and all that other kind of stuff. So at least practice it occasionally. So thank you so much for joining us today. Um, we are going into tornado season, um, you know, especially if you're in Tornado Alley, I think you're already well into your tornado season here in Minnesota. Uh, working, knocking on the door of that season for us. And so know your area. You know what's going on. If you don't, find out and start planning and practicing for these types of things. This might be a good time to get the team together. And regardless of where you are in your your training and preparation and policy making or you know procedure making, at least have this discussion with your team and say, hey, all right, guys, I got a curveball for you. It's that time of year. What would we do if a tornado occurred? And then have a discussion and get everyone kind of on a, at least the team, and maybe talk to staff and ushers. So get them on a basic plan so if it happens, at least you're kind of prepared, and then work towards that better plan. 
other than that, before I let you go, um, we were we we started a new thing that's coming. So a lot of you know that I um, host online training events every two weeks for our safety member certification, and that's been a lot of fun, and a lot of people have been participating. We're going to do something new this next year, starting in September. I'm going to start doing it every week. And so that means that those that have the team safety member certification, you're going to have four times in a year to take all my classes. So that's maybe your first team or your volunteers, and then you know how there's that turnover. You can, More people can go through, and then more people can go through, and more people can go through. So it's just a way of trying to give you everything you need to get your team, staff, and everybody else trained. So other than that, you know, if you like this video, please like, comment, um, you know, share it with your friends, share it on your Facebook page, share it on your, you know, through Twitter. Just please share, share, share. Let's get that inf this information out there to help people. Other than that, thank you so much for being here today. And hey, let's be careful out there. This program is made for informational purposes only and should not be taken as legal advice.